as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O King of nations? For to thee doth it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. 
but they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is as a doctrine of vanities. Silver spread into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. The work of the workmen and the ha- and of the hands of the founder, purple and blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of cunning men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. And hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the heavens of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain, and bringeth the wind out of his treasures. Good evening, my brothers and sisters, and welcome to Kingdom Empowerment Radio Incorporated. I am your host for this evening. Chaplain Kevin Graves, I am with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. You can call in at 646-668-2413. Again, 646-668-2413. And it is once again a pleasure to be with my uh, family this evening. And uh, it is once again a pleasure to be with my dear brother, Dr. Sony Agbomo. Thank you, my brother, for putting this together, for your hard work and your dedication and commitment to the kingdom of God. Thank you, Dr. Gani and your husband, for your hard work as well in making Kingdom Empowerment Radio possible. And more importantly, uh, dare I forget to thank God Thank God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for making this possible. We give God the glory. We, we acknowledge those who he has put in charge of uh, taking care of kingdom business. We give honor to whom honor is due here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. And we acknowledge not just the kingdom of God, but the laborers who labor tirelessly to make uh, this radio program possible. Uh, Again, I am with you every second and fourth Monday of each month My brothers and sisters, for those who who are listening for the first time God bless you, thank you, and welcome to Kingdom Empowerment Radio And for those who are regular listeners, God bless you as well And thank you for joining me once again on Kingdom Empowerment Radio Tonight, I want to talk about intimacy Intimacy with God And tonight's title Is there is no God Like you There is no God Like you And there is no God like Jehovah God There is no God like the God And creator of Abraham Adam And also Jacob We thank God for those that came Before us We thank God for Abraham And Isaac and Jacob And and Adam and Eve, and we thank God for those that came before us, that 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 that, that pretty much prepared the way, the, the foreshadowers, if you will, uh, which has brought us into 
this understanding of who God is. And I really want to address that tonight. You know, I I, I talked about in times past uh, the importance of relationship, the importance of intimacy with God, the importance of knowing God. And it's very good to, to, to know scripture. It's very good to know the books and and those who God created and and the forerunners, the John the Baptist, uh, the forerunners to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But do we as believers have a personal relationship with God? Do we know who he is? And I really want to begin to touch on the character of God. Who is he? The Bible speaks Jesus said that God is a spirit. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in truth. And that is true. Uh, We know this because Jesus said so. It's in the word of God. And we examine this a little further when we begin to really go deep into our prayer closet, deep into intimacy with God, and and he begins to reveal certain things to his sons and daughters. He begins to take us to different levels uh, in our prayer life. And um, I guess I would be remiss if I did not open with prayer. I open with a scripture in uh, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 6 through 13. And I would also like to take this time to pray as we begin each segment of Kingdom Empowerment Radio. We do so in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to reflect, to look upon the deeper things of God, Lord. We ask that, Lord, you would take us, Lord, behind the veil, that you would take us into the holy of holies, the most intimate place, hallelujah, in your presence is where we long to be, Lord. Take us farther. Take us deeper, Lord. Lord, hallelujah. There are so many of us, Lord, who are who are going there and, and going here, Lord, and, and we have some understanding of who you are, but, Lord, we ask for deeper revelation and understanding, Lord, and we thank you for what you're doing right here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio and how you're using your men and women servants uh, in powerful ways to bring forth uh, teachings, Lord, and, and things concerning the spirit realm. We thank you for intimacy. We thank you for even just looking upon us, Lord. Who are we but dust, Lord? And we thank you that, Lord, you would look upon dust, that you would look upon our even our human frailty, Lord, that, that Lord, you are truly merciful, Lord. When we err, Lord, you are there to send angels to lift us up. Lord, when we are weary, Lord, when we are tired and many of us uh, are, are depressed, Lord, and we're tired of ministry, Lord, you send help, Lord. You send help to your manservant Elijah, Lord, when he was when, when he was gripped with fear, Lord, when he wished to die. Lord, you send help. And, Lord, we thank you for sending help in our times of need. 
We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Son and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would continue to use us mightily, that you would continue to pour out your Spirit upon us, continue to have your way in our lives. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise that is due your name. Continue to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for joining me tonight. Once again, for those who are just tuning in, tonight's topic, there is no God like you. There is no God like you. So with this said, I would love to take this moment to touch on the character of God. And I'm going to ask a question. Uh, uh, We're going to have some people uh, give their uh, comments and even ask questions uh, regarding this uh, topic very soon. In the next, so perhaps 15, maybe 20 minutes or so. Uh, But for right now, uh, I would encourage those who are tuning in to uh, get their notepads out and a, and a pen or a pencil and take notes uh, because I would like to take this time to touch on who God is. We talk about, oh, there is no God like you. As you know, there are many gods. There are the, the, the gods of the Egyptians, the Greek gods, the Roman gods. Uh, there are different kinds of gods. Uh, the Muslims pray to Allah. Uh, Buddhists pray to Buddha. There are different types of gods. But I want to make a very clear distinction between the creator of heaven and the earth. I want to make a very clear distinction here. And there are many attributes and characteristics of the one true God. And as I examine his, his character, his character through his scriptures has revealed to me, and I'm sure has revealed to you as well, to those who are tuning in, is that God is faithful. When we examine uh, Scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I please go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, verse 13. The Word of God reads, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. That is the faithfulness of God. Through which this temptation we are that, that that we will not suffer more than that which we are able, which means that God will not give us more than we can bear. Now we may challenge that at times. We say, but but Lord, I, I cannot, I, I can't deal with this circumstance. But in the midst of this warfare, in the midst. He is right there. He is right there with us in the midst of this temptation, in the midst of this suffering, and he is making a way of escape. And that is the faithfulness and mercy of God. And also, 
through this suffering, he is molding and shaping his people to become what? More spiritually mature and perfect. So not to make it seem like we're a piece of Play-Doh, but in a way, I guess we are being molded. We're being shaped. We're being formed into a perfect vessel. So maybe the Play-Doh analogy is, is, is appropriate. God is molding and shaping and, 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 and working on those areas so that when we come before him, we're standing before him as a vessel that, that is spiritually mature, a vessel that, that is standing upright, not standing before him uh, 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 weeping and gnashing and, and, and afraid because of our own human frailty. He is molding us and shaping us so that on that day when we're standing before him, we can stand proudly, knowing that we have run the race, our, our, our time of ministry has come to an end, we can stand before God unashamed. Moreover, when we further examine the character of God, we see that and you can go with me and you can find this in the Psalms, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a God that is full of compassion. Full of compassion. He is gracious. Yes, he is gracious. He is long-suffering. He is plenteous in mercy and truth. And we can find this in Psalm 86, and I'll read it, Psalm 86, as the word of God reads in Psalm 86, give ear, O Lord, upon my prayer, oh, excuse me, that would be verse 8, excuse me, Psalm 86, verse 8, but I'll read the whole thing, bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy, preserve my soul, for I am holy. Thou, O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto thee, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, I do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Yes. That is another characteristic. Another characteristic of God is that he is good. And he is ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, small g, there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall give glory un and shall give and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Hallelujah. He is a God who is great and does wondrous things. Thou art God alone. That's right. He doesn't need partners. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart to fear thy name. 
I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul. And have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it. And be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast hope in me and comforted me. So in this, hallelujah, he's asking this thing. The psalm reader, the prayer of David is hallelujah, is asking help. He is acknowledging his need for God. He is acknowledging his his, his poverty. He says, Lord, do not allow for my enemies to triumph over me. Yes, because, yes, you and you alone have helped me and have comforted me. These words, my brothers and sisters, are words that these words have not grown old. These are words that many of us today are asking and are praying that, Lord, it is our prayer that, Lord, you do not allow for our enemies to triumph over us. That, Lord, you time and time again have made a way of escape. Many times when, when, when our enemies surround us, what do we do? Do we fight back? Yes, we fight back. We fight back with the promises of God. We fight back with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We fight back with, of course, girding ourselves up with the whole armor of God, putting on our helmet of salvation and our breastplate of righteousness, girding ourselves with truth, uh, uh, shodding our feet with the preparation uh, of, of, of the gospel of peace. We, we are putting on this spiritual armor, picking up the shield of faith to prepare us for this fight. So I must say that this is not a carnal fight. This is not carnal warfare we're referring to. It is simply remembering the things that God is, simply remembering who he is, his character, remembering that he's faithful in time of trouble, remembering that he is full of compassion and grace and and long-suffering and merciful towards his anointed. So he does not forget. He is not a God who has amnesia. He is a God who is merciful. He is a God who hears the cries of his people. I will also say that another characteristic of God is that he is light, and in him there is no darkness. We can find this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. God is light. Hallelujah. He is light, and in him there is no darkness. There is no evil. And these are more characteristics of God. And what, what do we also know about him? Is that he is a promise keeper. He is a covenant-keeping God. He is a promise-keeping God. In his word, in in, in, uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, as the scripture reads that that God is not slack. God is not slack as 
Some count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is the heart of God. That He is a promise keeper. As men say, oh, well, when is Jesus going to return? He hasn't returned yet. Well, God is not, so he is long-suffering. He, he knows that there are people who, if he came tonight, would perish. So he's giving us ample time to turn back to him, to turn away from our wickedness, to turn away from our sin, and to turn to him in these final days. So, my brothers and sisters, we need to thank God that, he, hey, he's given us this much time. And that is the word of God in Second Peter verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. We can also say that he is the creator. He is the creator of heavens and the earth. And that's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I also shared with you that in, in the early going here, that God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We also know that he is not a man, that he should lie, neither the son of man, that he should repent. Now, some may say, well, wait a minute. Didn't God repent of his fierce anger when the children of Israel uh, uh, were, 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 were in sin and they turned from him? Absolutely. It repented him. It, 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 it really grieved him that, that he created these people. And when Moses reminded God of the covenant that was established with the with his forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then yes, scriptures do say that the Lord repented; He turned away from His fierce wrath. But He is not a God of sin. That doesn't mean that He is a sinner. That doesn't mean that He that God, who always was and always will be, He is the Alpha and the Omega, was was a born sinner. No. Man is born into sin. God is perfect. He is perfect. He is the creator of man. He is the creator of Adam. He is the creator of Eve. He is the creator of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I do want to make that very, very clear. I think we make a very clear distinction between repentance as far as man goes. And when the Lord says he repented, he turned away from his fierce wrath against his children when they were sinning against him. And you can find that scripture, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. That's in the book of Numbers, one of the five books of Moses, chapter 23, verse 19. We also see in his writings that he is perfect. His ways are perfect. Unlike us, unlike us who are born in sin, as King David said it so, so, so brilliantly, and in uh, Psalm 51, verse 5, I was brought forth in iniquity, or I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So David acknowledging that he was formed in iniquity, he was born in sin, acknowledging his depravity, acknowledging that he was conceived in sin, and acknowledging his true nature. But we know that the nature of God is perfect, perfect in every way, perfect and holy and right and just. As much as we may quibble with God and, 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 and argue and go back and forth 
and try to even be God ourselves and, and come to our own conclusion of what is just and what is not just. Oh, Lord, you're not fair when it comes to this particular matter. Lord, why, why would you allow for, for uh, 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 David's son to die? When he prayed earnestly and he prayed fervently for his son. Remember that baby that, day, that, that was conceived, that baby that passed away when David uh, sent Uriah to his death. And uh, before that, he, he had intercourse with, with uh, Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, or Bathsheba, had intercourse with her. A child was conceived. That child represents the sin of David. And from and it, some may even say, "Wow, but Lord, that was an adulterous relationship. How could you allow such a thing? By the law, they both should have been stoned. But then Solomon would not have been conceived. So from that sin, yes, it was wrong, absolutely. That Uriah, a faithful servant of David, yes, that he should be sent to battle and put in the front lines to die in battle. Yes, that's wrong. Yes." David committing adultery with, 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 with Bathsheba. Yes, that was wrong. No question. But David, a man after God's own heart, repented and acknowledged his sin nature and turned from his wickedness. And from, and from the union of Bathsheba and David, we have Solomon and the writings of Solomon. And yes, even the imperfections of Solomon. Absolutely. And these are testimonies and lessons that we can learn when we examine further the characteristics of God we know that he is a judge we see in Psalm 50 verse 6 go there with me Psalm 50 verse 6 the word of God reads, and the heaven shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself, Selah. He is a righteous judge. We cannot say, but Lord, you don't judge fairly. Who are we to, to, to criticize? Number one, we who were born in sin are judging that which is perfect and infinite. There's limitations there. How is it that we, who are, who are finite, limited, can judge that which is infinite? It, it, it doesn't work. We have to be very careful that we do not judge the creator, the infinite God, with human judgment, with human understanding. It's very important that we begin to see the judgment of God through his lenses and not our own. Lord, why are you doing this? Oh, you know what? My judgment is is my own understanding. My judgment is carnal. My judgment is based on my own understanding of what justice is. But what is your justice, Lord? And that these are questions that we need to be praying about. These are questions that we need to be asking ourselves. That wait a second, maybe I need to look at this and take it a step, take a step back and examine. What is the justice of God before I say he's unjust? And that's very, very important. I think that's a lesson that we all, uh, whether we're maturing Christ or not. Um, another 
characteristic of God is that he is love. God is love. And he makes this very, very clear on more than one occasion in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And we know that God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. And John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, we don't know who those whosoevers are. They're out there. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So when we examine who God is, we know that he is faithful. We know that he is compassionate. We know that he is gracious. We know that he is long-suffering. We know that he is merciful. We know that he is, that he is the truth. We know that he is light. He is, a prominent, he is a promise keeper, a covenant keeper. He is creator of the heavens and the earth. He is a spirit. He is not a man that he should lie. He is perfect in all his ways. He is our judge. And yes, he pardons. He pardons our sin. He forgives us for our iniquities. He forgives us for the transgressions. He forgives us for the things that we think no one else knows. We think we're hiding our sins. Oh, we say, well, uh, no one will know, but God knows. He sees. And if we acknowledge our shortcomings, if we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. So with that said, I would like to take this time, it's now 7.33 p.m., to open up the phone lines for any questions or comments concerning tonight's topic. And I just really want to really love on God this evening. I really want to really bask and really just marinate, for lack of a better word, in his presence. Why? Because in his presence, there's healing. There's, there's, there's joy, as scripture tells us. There's fullness. There's warmth. There's his presence. There's wanting to, Lord, when the world and the cares of the world are closing in, it's a beautiful thing to know that there's a place where we can go where we can not hide from the world, but a place where we can come to get clean again, a place where we can just say, Lord, I just want to rest. I just want to put my head down and just lay on the floor prostrate in your presence and just be with you and talk to you and love you and embrace you and, and, and whisper sweet things to you and tell you how great you are. And he loves this. It, it, this is what I mean about intimacy. So with that said, I would like to open up the phone lines and, and ask this question as well. Who is God to you? Who is God to you? For those who are on the line, and if you have any questions or comments, if there's no comments, if there's no one who has any questions or comments, I'll just continue. But for those who are listening and you want to respond, I want to ask you that question. Who is God to you? Caller, you're on the air. I praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, God bless you. Good evening. Um, this is a very uh, interesting topic that you're bringing on tonight. Uh, can you hear me clearly? Yes, yes. Thank you, woman of God. God bless you. Yes. Uh, well, I just want to say this is a very interesting topic that you're bringing forth tonight. Intimacy with God uh, is not a topic that's um, spoken about often. But to answer your question, who is God to to me or to us? And I think that this question becomes personal. This question is a personal question. Uh, rather than it being a general question, uh, because God can mean different things to different people based on their level of experience, their depth in God, uh, their level of intimacy, their experiences, their perception. So many, all these different factors play a significant role in how we ultimately see God. And um, I'm going to answer the question, but it also reminds me of the scripture where it talks about uh, where Jesus had asked Peter the question, who do men say that I am? And Peter's response was, some say that you're a prophet, some say you're a liar. And uh, they began to give different uh, answers as to what they believed Jesus was. And that was because they had their own perception and experiences with Christ, uh, some probably only saw him to be a prophet because they only might have saw him prophesy. While some people may just say, "Well, you know, he's just a mere man." While there were other people that saw him as Beelzebub, <laughs> they didn't see him as Christ. They saw him as Beelzebub, or a troublemaker, uh, right. you know, one who was trying to exalt himself. So really, it's all contingent on how the person, their experiences, where they are, their perception, all of that boils down to something personal. And so to answer that question, for me, I see God as the creator of the universe. I acknowledge him to be that. I acknowledge him to be everything the scripture says that he is. But uh, based on my experiences, I know him to be a deliverer. I know him to be a healer. I know him to be a provider. I know him to be a way maker. And the reason why I can say this is because these are the areas where I was tried and God has proven himself. And so um, this, again, intimacy plays a significant role in how well you know him. Unless you are intimate with God, you can never really uh, give uh, a, uh, a complete answer to what you think he is. Well, we can't give a complete answer because he's, he's so many things to um, so many people. And I'm getting a lot of feedback in the background. I'm not sure who's talking in the back, but I, I can actually hear other voices. Um, uh, can you hear me, man of God? I can hear you. I can hear you clearly. I, yeah, I, I hear the same feedback. Hopefully we can... Uh, so yeah and i i see him to be all those other things because i've had those personal experiences and he has proven himself to be just that uh so that's why i see jesus i mean god that way uh and as far as intimacy is concerned this is something that people don't talk about very often 
and intimacy with Christ is important. It's not something that we do out of, uh, it's not something that we do because we were told to do it. The Bible says to do it. It's a mandate for us. It's a mandate. It's something, it's not something that you choose to do. It's a mandate to be intimate with God. You know, but there are some people that are just okay with being surface. I just want to know of him, but I don't want, I don't necessarily know him. And I think that also, men of God, I want to say this to you. There are a lot of people that believe that they know God. Are you hearing me clearly? Yes, I'm hearing you. Okay. There are a lot of people that believe that they know God, uh, but they don't. They say they know God because I read my Bible. And that was me many years ago. I read my Bible, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know God. I'm serving God. But yet, in that time, I was still going to the club. I was still doing what I shouldn't do. And in my mind, nobody couldn't tell me that I didn't know God. But unless you have intimacy with Christ, that's when you truly know him. See, before I knew of him. But to know him is to obey his commandments and to do everything that he says to do. And to walk in righteousness, holiness, uh, uh, circumspect, uh, walking uprightly before God, you, you, you become the very nature of who he is. That's to know mm. God. That's what you're personal. You become one with him. So now you're not just reading about him or, or uh, about him, but now who he is becomes who you are. And then that's how you know you that's become true. one and intimate with, intimate with God. Uh, so that's what I want to share. And thank you, by the way, for whomever else that um, tuned down their, their background feed. I couldn't hear myself. So I just wanted to bring that to the person's attention. But thank you, man of God. I'm hearing the TV in the background. But thank you, oh, man of God. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, woman of God, for, for sharing. And I, as you were talking, uh, yes. It's personal. And it's actually, for each person, some, as you said, woman of God, for you, he's a way maker. He, he, he is creator, yes. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. And, yes, each person has their own answer. So some, some people may say, well, you know, when I ask God to heal my loved one, you know, uh, my loved one passed away, so he, he didn't answer my prayers. So to that person, he didn't deliver for them. He he didn't answer their prayers. Um, and it's important that we understand the creator of the universe. He has many names, many names. In Hebrew, we, we, we call him Adonai. We call him Elohim. We call him El Shaddai. We call him the Alpha, the Omega. We call him the beginning and the end. And I don't think we can really... I think we're scratching the surface when it comes to who he is. And I can say these things, and I just don't feel like it's enough. I feel like in some way we're just cheating him. Because, yeah, I, I know I'm saying all the right things. It's not that I'm saying anything negative because he's all of these things. This is his character. This is who he is. But I just feel like there's just so much more. I feel like, Lord, there's so much more I can say about you. And that's what I'm talking about, the intimacy. 
we, we we give the religious answers. That's true, but you say, Lord, you're you, you you're my everything. I can't. I'm gonna try not to get emotional. I'm gonna try <laughs> because it's personal, as the woman of God said, and I, I and and I had to catch myself just. Because he is my everything. And if someone was to ask me the question, well, who is God to me? He's my everything. There were times when I had near-death experiences, and it could only have been God that used that person at that particular point in time to rescue me from the situation that I was in. And I thank God for those moments. Some people say, well, you know, that was just person being there at the right place at the wrong time. Well, yeah, that's God. There are, he's in places, he's omnipresent. He, he sends help from people who we least expect, whether it's a lifeguard, whether it's somebody who's just, again, in the wrong, in, in, in the right place at the right time. So for me personally, he's my everything. I would not be who I am today. If not for the Lord, yes, I give my, my, my earthly parents, you know, much honor and respect and thank God for them. Yes, but the, they're vessels that God used to bring me into this, to bring me into this uh, 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 physical realm. And I thank God for that. I do. I thank God. I honor my mom. I, I honor my father who's passed away. And, and, and without them, I would not be here. So I thank God for them. I, I say, Lord, I thank you for life. I thank you for, for breath, Lord. I thank you even for the times, Lord, where even, in, even in those moments, Lord, when I complain, Lord, you, you know, you, you, you give me a little kick in the backside. Say, you know, stop complaining. <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for those moments of correction. When he's giving me that kick in the pants and saying, Son, stop complaining You're complaining too much You have so much to be grateful for And it's moments like that When I can reflect And I can look back at the goodness Of who God has put in my path And he has shown me much love The love Love Of a father The love that I've not experienced From my earthly father That I can say that I have a father in heaven who is watching over me, who is there to correct me, who is there to send help. And my brothers and sisters, he's real. He's real. He's not a genie. He's not something that we've made up, that the Christians have made up. He's not a God made with human hands. He's not a God that, that that we put batteries into and, and we press a button and, and he moves around like a toy. No, no, he's real. And he hurts when we hurt. And he rejoices when we rejoice. And I, I can't hurt him. I can't. To hurt him would be to say, Lord, I don't trust you. I don't love you anymore. And he deserves better than that. He deserves so much better than that. He deserves our best. 
he deserves our very best. And if you think that when we turn our back on him, that he doesn't grieve, that he doesn't hurt, that you don't know him. You don't know him. But it is my prayer that we will all know him. Because he wants us to know him. He wants intimacy. The woman of God said he demands it. He demands intimacy. Otherwise, we'll, we'll forever be on the outside looking in. We'll, we'll never truly know what it means to be in his presence. For those married couples out there, try being distant to your husband or your wife for a long period of time. And see what that relationship will become. You will become distant and apart from each other. It's no different. No different no different than our relationship with the Lord. If we don't spend time with him, if we're not praying, if we're not asking him how's his how's his day <laughs> Ask him how is his day? Lord, how's your day? How's how's everything? How are you? How you feeling today? This may sound crazy to some people, but I'm I'm just trying to give you an example. Say, Lord, how are you feeling today? How's your heart? I I hope you're pleased. I hope you're pleased. How can you use me today, Lord? I want to put a smile on your face today. You're always putting a smile on my face, Father. How can I make you smile today? What can I do for you today? You've done so much for me. You've done so much. You saved me, Lord. What can I do for you? This is what intimacy is about. I can't grieve. I cannot grieve my father. And as as many times as I've had, as many times as, as I've grieved him, and I didn't think anything of it, I, but he's put such a tear on my heart to understand what it means to love, what it means to forgive. And never lose this love, this forgiveness. People, if we say we love God and we don't love each other and we don't forgive one another, then we're making the Bible a lie. Because how is it that you can say that you're a follower of Christ and not replicate his very character of who he is? We have to love. We have to forgive. It's a must. It's now 7.51 p.m. If there's anyone else who's on the line right now who would like to add a closing comment or perhaps a question, please, by all means, God bless you. Thank you, uh, man of God. This is uh, uh, so wonderful, and I believe everyone everyone has been touched, just as I'm also touched this, this side. He is everything for me. 
it is the food I eat, is the uh, is the air I breathe. Uh, yes, he's the life I have. Without him, I don't have any any life. And Colossians said that our our life, my life, is hidden in him. Meaning, without him, I don't have any life. In him, I have life. And yes. if I don't have him, I don't have life. So, which means right. the life I'm living now without him is just as vain. Which is clearly what he's saying that we should all come to him. And his hands are stretched out for us to come. Yes. Because we need him. You see, he's knocking on our door now. And he's wanting to come in. He wants to come in and and have a relationship with us. And just as the woman of God has said, yeah, he wants a relationship with us. He wants friendship. It's like a lonely person that deserves a, a, a relationship. He wants us to come. He wants us to come and talk. And many times, we want to do this. But what exactly do you think, man of God, is a barrier to us having that relationship with our God? Yeah, that's my question. Amen, amen. Thank, Thank you, you, my brother. Thank you for sharing. Uh, well, for many of us, we have to get to a place of surrender. Uh, so a lack of surrender can be a barrier. Uh, of course, we can never rule out, you know, the adversary working on those gateways and portals that we have open and working on us psychologically as far as, well, uh, I want to serve God, but I also want to have one foot in the world as well. So for us, in order to really enter into that deep place, that place where we're behind the veil as I was sharing earlier, it's going to require us to surrender fully. It's going to require us to lay down every care, every worry, every fear, every obstacle, because we will forever be on the outside looking in if we do not surrender, because there's still a part of us that wants to be in control. It's a very difficult thing, and, and I'll use myself as this example. It, at 7.55 p.m., if we go a little bit over, then, then, then so be it. Uh, but there's still a part of us that doesn't want to surrender all. We want to maintain some level of control. To surrender all is to say, okay, now I don't have control. And for many people, that's scary. That's very, very frightening to place your trust in something you cannot see, in something you cannot touch. For some, it's not even logical. And this is what I'm saying. 
is that until we get to that place where we completely surrender everything to the Lord and say, Lord, I trust you with my life, that doesn't mean you walk across the street with your eyes closed. That's foolish. But we still, yes, take caution and we understand that, Lord, you have provided, you have blessed me. And I'm going to trust you, even though it goes beyond my own understanding or logic. I don't understand it, but your word says that I should trust you. And once you begin to see the paper trail, now you have taken me, now you, man of God, I'm glad you said that, because I'm going to close with this particular scripture, which I, which I was going to do anyhow, but I'm going to go straight there. So I'm glad you answered, I'm glad you, you asked that question. For those that have their Bibles, please go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8, and I'm going to read um, 22 verses. This will add to, again, this place of complete surrender. What is the reason? What is the obstacle? What is the hindrance? And here's, here's a situation that the children of Israel had to deal with. Here we go, 1 Samuel chapter 8, and it, beca- and it came to pass, when Samuel was, was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah, And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Oh, God. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they they say unto thee. Verse, for they... Have not rejected thee But they have rejected me That I should not reign over them Verse 8 According to all the works Which they have done since the day That I have brought them up out of Egypt Even unto this day They forget these things Wherewith they have forsaken me And served other gods So do they also unto thee now, therefore, hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Verse 10, And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king, and he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariot. And he will appoint them captains over thousands, and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, and to be cooks, and to be bakers, and he will take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. 
and he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants, and he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. Hallelujah. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be servants, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye, sh- which ye shall have chosen you. Ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Verse 19, nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we shall be made that that we also may be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice. And make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man unto his city. My brother, these are people who have seen, who have heard about the power of God. But yet they want a king. And he gave it to them. And and they also received a warning of this particular king. Let's fast forward this to the present day. I think we're seeing that even today. I think we're seeing that in government, and there are people who cried out because they weren't happy with the previous administration, and they said, you know what? We need somebody better. Give us a king, and they got their king, but is their king a tyrant? And this is what the God, this is what the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob says. He says, no, 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 I'm going to give you a king. You're going to get that king, but guess what? It's going to be a tyrant, and he's going to be very difficult to deal with. And this, this doesn't mean that we don't pray for our leaders. No, we pray, no, we pray fervently for, our, for, for those that rule over us, for those in power, for those in government. We pray for them from the president on down. But understand what you asked for, and you got what you asked for. You wanted a king. You wanted better, and you got it. So this is why, in closing, my brothers and sisters, and I just want to say thank you very much for all of those that tuned in to, to Kingdom Empowerment Radio this evening. I am your host, Chaplain Kevin Graves. I'm with you every second and fourth Monday of each month. Uh, thank you, Dr. Sonny, for your assistance. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your feedback, my brother. I love you. Uh, uh, give my love to your family. Uh, you are such a blessing to Kingdom Empowerment Radio. Thank you for your wisdom and your insight. Thank you, woman of God, as well, for sharing. Uh, during this time of, of reflection, this time of, 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 of just wanting to just reflect on the intimacy of God, the character of God. And I just want to also say uh, uh, thank you, Dr. Ganny, as well. Thank you, uh, woman of God. Thank you, Mr. Ganny, for, for allowing me to be a part of Kingdom Empowerment Radio and for your hard work and your dedication and commitment to excellence here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio because this is what we do. We are about preparing people. We are about teaching. We are about preparing the way. We're forerunners. As John the Baptist was a forerunner, we are forerunners for the second coming of Christ because he will return. Scripture has made it very, very clear. Will we be prepared when he returns? Are we watching and praying? 
Are we praying and fasting? Are we preparing people for Christ's second coming? And that is what we should be doing. We should be raising up a, a, a remnant, a, 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 a remnant of John the Baptist-type followers, people who are radical for repentance, people who are radical for the kingdom of God, people who are no-nonsense people who are not playing games with the things of God, but who are truly serious, who are not in this for lucre, who are not in this for for their own self-gratification, who are not in this for having their name in lights, but who are in this like a John the Baptist, radical preacher, prophet, Holy Ghost, tearing down demonic kingdoms, principalities. That is what people need. That is what we want. And that is what we preach here on Kingdom Empowerment Radio. We do not play with the kingdom of God. We do not play when it comes to kingdom and the things of God. Why? Because God is not playing with us. And if you think he is, you're going to be very, very disappointed. So I just want to say that. And that in this election year, midterm elections, I'm not going to make this into a political show. Our faith is in God and God alone. We just ask and we pray for the decision-making of those who are in power. Every leader on the federal level, state, and local level. We pray for every man and woman who's in power. We pray for their families. We pray, why? Because these are individuals who are responsible for lawmaking, who have power to change lives. So we pray, we honor God, and we honor his creation. And we ask that, Lord, you would intervene supernaturally in the affairs of man, that you would show yourself to be true. That, Lord, you would even, uh, even as these lawmakers, these men and women sleep at night, Lord, that, Lord, you would visit them, that you would, a night visitation, that, Lord, you would move them, Lord, because your word says that as some count slackness, you're not slack concerning your promise. You will return. And you're not willing that any should perish. And you're long-suffering towards us. So with this said, We pray for the kings. We pray for the rulers. We pray for the presidents. We pray for the prime ministers. We pray for the lawmakers, the senators, the congressmen and women. We pray for the mayors. We pray. Why? Because this is what we're called to do. We we should not hate. We may disagree with certain political views. We may disagree with certain political tactics, but we have a responsibility to be that voice of change, that voice of reason, that voice to say, you know what, sir, madam, you're wrong. This is not the right way. So we have a responsibility to speak, and many will speak tomorrow morning. Many will go to the polls for change. And I pray that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will govern the thinking of everyone who wants change, sincere change, inclusiveness, 
So with that said, we give God the glory. We do not place our faith in systems. We just ask that, Lord, you'd be glorified, that you would be glorified in this system, that you would raise up a people who speak truth, who will not compromise, but who will speak truth. And regardless of the stones that are being tossed their way, that they will not compromise what you have given us, that we will not deviate from truth, but that we would stand upon the principles that you've given us and to be an example of who Christ truly is. My brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Time is well spent. It is now 8.08 p.m. I thank everyone who has listened in. I thank those who joined in and, 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 and who had questions and comments. Thank you very much, man of God, woman of God. And thank you uh, to those who listen in this evening. God bless you. And may the peace of Jesus Christ be with you and your family all the, day, all the days of your life. God bless you. And thank you. Good night.